This is episode one of Writertober 2020, and I am talking about Common Rider Decade, episode one. Episode one of Common Rider Decade aired January 25th, 2009, following on the heels of the finale of Common Rider Kiva, and it was entitled Rider War or Rider Tyson. And that is a name that is definitely going to come back and haunt the fandom for years to come. So, anyway, Common Rider Decade episode one starts off, well, very interestingly, very excitingly, as a matter of fact. But let me go ahead and give you some context of what I was dealing with at this time in my fandom. So Kiva just ended, and that was the first Kamen Rider series that I had watched as it aired, so I watched it basically live. And it was definitely a really interesting experience, that being my first like weekly writer. Now, when it had started, I also went back and watched a few other things, Kamen Rider Denno and Kamen Rider Kabuto and Kamen Rider Fies. So I have like all three of those pretty much, you know, memorized at this point, it feels like. Well, maybe not so much, but th- those were like really fresh on my brain. So those were the only ones I had watched, though. And I had seen a couple episodes of a few other seasons. But I had not necessarily, like, dove into Rider as much as I had wanted to. Certainly not as much as Sentai at this point. So the hype surrounding this series was absolutely huge. Like, how in the world is this going to play out? How are these new, or rather old, returning writers going to be done? Like, who would actually be able to return, if anybody? Spoiler alert, hardly anybody. But, you know, that's another topic for another day. But yeah, that opening scene, it is so full of amazing action and mystery, even though the CGI is absolute jank. Oh my goodness, just seeing all those different, like, uh, writer mechs, basically, just battling it out. It was like, wow, this is really, really hard to look at. But it's like, why is this happening? Why is everybody trying to fight this mysterious decade? And, well, you don't actually get to see him, like, necessarily fight you see everybody like shooting at him but you don't really see a whole lot until he's got the dragon in his hand at the end and he drops that to the ground and that's just like whoa oh my goodness not even ryuki could beat this guy we are very much in trouble and who's this girl who is this not to me you don't know like why is she there why is she dressed in that white dress i don't know and it's just it's a really good way to set up a mystery and we can argue whether or not that mystery was fulfilled properly or not we could really have that argument <laughs> But other than that, like, it was a really cool opening scene. It really engaged you. And looking back on it in hindsight, maybe not as not as great, but it's still one that I like to go back and watch every now and then. But throughout the episode, and I'm not going to give, like, beat-by-beat beat points here, but you're introduced to Natsumi, Tsukasa, Natsumi's grandpa, basically, like, the three main characters that you're going to focus on for this part. So that's them. And you're introduced to them, you know, pretty quickly. And, you know, the grandpa's obviously... Kind of strange, a little offbeat. Natsumi is definitely, like, trying to hold down the fort there while he's a little bit... He's a little bit crazy, let me tell you. And then Tsukasa, he's, like, clearly unable to take pictures that actually, like, represent the world. And he's trying to capture the world and everything. I don't know. It's a little bit fuzzy. And it could just be because I'm watching the TV Nihon subs, which probably haven't been changed since it aired. And, you know, subbing you know, ideas aside and everything, like, the the more literal translation definitely leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. But yeah, he's trying to take pictures of the world, and they just all end up, like, really fuzzy, and that's what get all, gets all the clients really upset. But then a lot of crazy stuff happens, and Natsumi's captured, and, like, there's these big barrier walls that are, like, destroying the city and everything, and taking things apart, and 
Uh, Tsukasa eventually is able to get the writer belt and the cards after a little prodding from Wataru from Kiva, which is really interesting, like, seeing him return, because, like, up until now, you hadn't really seen, like, writers return. Like, crossover movies were completely, like, not a thing, really, except for the uh, the Deno-Kiva crossover. And so his appearance was super surprising, coming right out of Kiva, and it's, like, giving Tsukasa his mission, basically. Like, the nine writer worlds were separate stories, and they're all merging together, and what does that actually mean? And what does that actually mean? I, I, I don't... It's kind of hard to say, and, you know, Geo tried to do something similar, so, you know, I have to respect the continuity there, I suppose. But basically, he has to destroy these worlds to create the old worlds or the new worlds, something like that. He's got to destroy this abomination that seems to be happening from the writer worlds merging in order to create the world as it was or something to that effect. It's a little bit vague, but his transforming into like several different writers really helps to see like helps the audience to see like how strong he is and like what kind of character this is. Like transforms into Fize, he transforms into Hibiki, transforms into Kabuto, and he's just wrecking these monsters as they're going through these different like sections of the world where they're appearing and everything. And that's really cool. Like just honestly, just, just watching this as like a pure set piece and just seeing all these different like writer forms fighting these different monsters from the past and everything. It's really cool. And, you know, again, there hadn't really been a whole lot of crossover in terms of like writer to writer series. They've all been super standalone, you know, basically as the, you know, plot of this story is telling you they've been independent stories and now they're kind of merging together. And well, this is going to inform basically the next 10 years which is really interesting how they went about that. But yeah, that that's pretty much it. Like, honestly, it's just a really cool piece. And, you, you know, there's some mystery behind these characters and you don't really understand who they're supposed to be. And even Tsukasa, like, he's definitely, like, lost his memory, so he doesn't even know who he is. So it's basically this journey of discovery into, like, who he actually is. And you're along for the ride and you're taking this journey with him. And I guess that's where the opening song comes from. So... There you go. And then he ends up in Kuga's world after, I guess, the, the grandpa's photo studio and the little backdrops he has for his photos kind of change the world that they're in. And he's dressed as a policeman, and he sees uh, the new Kuga, basically, the alternate universe Kuga, and he's definitely not the same guy from the original Kuga. So, you know, it's probably a good idea that they're going to that world first, just as so I can say, like, yeah, this is actually separate, or this is an aberration of sorts. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So next time, listen in to hear about the world of Kuga in episode two. And uh, yeah, just uh, let me know what you think of this episode, because it is, it's definitely an interesting start.